know what this is? Is that, uh, are we saying that we're officially into fall now that there's like, is that like a pumpkin donut? And pumpkin spice said uh, Duncan. Do we get any money okay, for this? Actually, <laughs> no. Is Brian Bumner going to be on today's show? He's got a game tonight. Good point. Well, maybe we should call him. Uh, but you know who we were talking to? Nate Milne. We were texting with him a little bit ago. Yeah. He's got a game tomorrow, and uh, he's flying somewhere tonight with his team uh, down you. to Austin, Texas, where I'll be flying into tomorrow morning, actually. <laughs> Lord willing and planes willing. Um, but, JB, do you, do you know what this signifies, this pumpkin donut here? I, I need to actually start eating it because I'm getting hungry. But do you know what it signifies? Um, hopefully not like a shutout. I mean, that's a good that's good thing for some defenses. But... <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming. I can tell. Not at all. Yeah. But do you know what else it signifies? <laughs> How, how like you're going to be eating road food all weekend and probably gain five pounds? You know what? No. Why not? Why not? Get some barbecue at Miller's. Isn't that the thing? The Miller's barbecue down there in Belton. They they just like put it in the press box and all that kind of stuff. It is. And uh, we will uh, begin our show here in a moment uh, where we'll talk a little bit about Miller's, among other things. So uh, you'll want to stay tuned here. Uh, we are in a delayed camera right now. I'm noticing I'm a little bit delayed, but it, life will go on here. Season 15 of In the Huddle with technical difficulties and all. Turn your uh, mute yeah, button who, off there, buddy. Who knew? Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see how this works. Uh, right now, I can see you fine. I think it's my end that's having the issues. If you can see me and hear me, we're just going to plug along here and talk about... Oh, Maybe this is a way, with a delay, I can think extra time for the lightning uh, predictions. Yeah, we're going to have to actually really be lightning quick because from what I can tell, Frank, with especially now we got six regions, we're, we're going to try and cram 14 games into 12 minutes. For a couple of long-winded guys, this could be a challenge. I don't know. Well, before anything else, we have not done this all season long. We're going to give you the opportunity to give, you, you, give your thoughts on life in general here. JB, tell us about the season startup and what you're really looking for the 30,000 foot view by JB go for it wow um yeah no pressure there but I think you know it's just great to be sort of back to normal after the COVID year and you know we saw a, a good 2021 season and it feels like this year coming in we, we're just really blessed with a lot of great interregional, huge, almost, you know, primetime, uh, you know, FBS style <laughs> games in week one, two, and even three. So um, it's going to be really fun for D3 football fans. There's going to be games that happen uh, this weekend that will impact 
the uh, playoff picks, you know, come 11 weeks later. Uh, so that's going to be really fascinating to see, especially when you think about the, you know, the St. John's versus the Whitewaters, the uh, Whitworths versus, you know, Carnegie Mellon, uh, you know, Hopkins versus Case Western. I mean, there's there's all these interesting games that are going to be happening this weekend. Uh, DelVal Westminster, for instance, that will impact the playoff race. Uh, we are still in a 27 AQ five pool C situation, just if anyone's keeping track at home. But once again, D3 is all about the AQ. That's how you get in. So you can lose some games potentially in these first couple of weeks, but you better win your conference uh, unless you're maybe, you know, Mary Harden Baylor. When we talked on our last show about the possibility of them losing to Harden Simmons after their tough schedule, well, we'll see what happens. Well, you see it on our screen right now, and uh, there is our Region 1 uh, preview here, and we're going to go to the key games. Now, in some cases, some games have been played already. Uh, we uh, denoted a Thursday and Friday games uh, that are kind of separate from the rest of the pack. Uh, but here mm -hmm. is our Region 1 listing here, and uh, we'll pay attention to the games that we are uh, calling the games of the week, especially in the bottom left of each of these slides. Uh, for me, Rowan versus Widener. This is a classic matchup of the past that has importance for yeah. both teams. They both need to start off on the right foot. Uh, you know, last year wasn't necessarily the year they had intended for various reasons. They both need to kind of get off on the right foot. Tell us about, you know, you look at West versus DVU, and you would assume in week one, that's yeah. Wesley versus <laughs> Delaware Valley. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, that looks like the Wolverines, you know, call sign. But, yeah, now uh, West is actually Westminster, Pennsylvania. And for, uh, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, and Frank has included just a little cheap plug for the quick hits on D3Football.com, this was a game that got kind of called out uh, where, you know, the loser could potentially be in trouble from a pool C perspective down the road if they don't win the conference. You know, we it's been a while since I think the pack has had multiple um, playoff entrants. Same thing with the Mac. So it's a pretty critical game for both teams to get off to a good start, and we'll see what happens. In Region 2, you'll see uh, Albright versus Salisbury. is a game that probably won't be too, too close in many people's minds, but could be interesting. But that big Whitworth-Carnegie-Mellon game, that, that's a huge game for uh, all intents and purposes. It was an important game at certain points when we were talking about things last year. And uh, then we have, uh, you're showing me something I'm going to put up on the screen in a moment. So you, you, just, you just sit back, relax over there, Hobart boy. Okay. Uh, but it's going to be the question of Hobart hosting Alfred on a rare Friday night game at the Boz. Uh, but yeah, I chose Whitworth versus Carnegie Mellon as my game of the week. Uh, again, mm -hmm. the, both teams could be in the mix ultimately late in the season, so this game could loom large. You have Hopkins versus Case Western Reserve. Uh, I, I can't hate on that choice because I understand both teams should be at least near the top of their uh, respective conferences uh, at the end of the season. So this too could have implications, but I'll let you say it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Hopkins was picked to win the Centennial in the preseason poll. Case was sort of my team to watch in the pack. They were the champions in 2019. They feel like they kind of got a, a raw deal during COVID and they, they didn't have the best 21 season. So they're looking to bounce back. They were a playoff team just a couple of years ago. But like from your um, some of your quick picks um, on D3 football, Frank, 
Wittenberg Cortland is kind of a, a looms large. That could be kind of an interesting sort of interregional matchup. Um, you also got John Carroll versus Washington Jefferson could have major policy implications uh, three months down the road. So it'd be kind of interesting to see. Union, your alma mater is going out to uh, Pennsylvania to play the Gators um, in in a, a new sort of a rivalry potentially starting up there. And then obviously Framingham State versus Brockport. Hey, congrats to uh, Josh, a.k.a. Uno from there. He, he made the Seattle Seahawks roster. Um, pretty amazing. Former guest of the show. And, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for number 49 on Sundays. You know, I, I do uh, think that uh, Ralph Isernia has uh, some thanking to do to Ryan Tips for picking against RPI in uh, the top 25 team that uh, most likely is to lose. Uh, so we, we have at D3Football.com a tradition of picking against RPI whenever they're ranked, apparently. That's just the way it works now. So there you go. <laughs> well, it seems to work out pretty good for him. That's what I'm saying. You better thank him. Let's go to our uh, Region 3 situations here. And uh, our games of the week uh, it really is the same game of the week. Muhlenberg versus Mary yeah. Harden-Baylor, a game I will be game traveling down to. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those scenarios for me, JB, where really, for as much as you want to root on the idea of playing this strong game early in the season – because the Centennial and the American Southwest, and I said this in Quick Hits, are going to be so, I think, depth-worthy or ridden. Mm. You know, another slip-up in conference, they may not get through, ultimately. Because yeah. I don't know what their strength of schedule is going to look like if you're using a purely objective strength of schedule. Obviously, with subjectivity, you would be looking at these teams being like, come on, this is a gimme. Uh, these teams played yeah. each other. And hopefully one, it was a good game and all that stuff. But this is a risk, but a risk that Nate Milne and company knew they were taking going into this whole thing. Yeah, and as you can hear outside, the engines are revving. It's getting exciting to you know see what these two, you know, basically top ten teams are, are capable of. I mean, the bigger question mark is on the Muhlenberg side with the graduation of their quarterback Matt, uh, Michael Natowski. If I'm saying it correctly, Natowski, yeah, but. Yeah, um, so that's that's kind of a, a big question there. UMHB brings back everyone and the kitchen sink, a team that's won 20 games in a row. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be, you know, heavily favored. And even, you know, as you recall from, I think it was the 2018 semifinals when an All-American QB and Joe German area went down. I mean, he was kind of starstruck by this, you know, palatial stadium. You know, there's going to be a huge crowd. They're celebrating the national championship. I hear some celebrity guests like Sparkle Man will be there. I mean, it's going to be a huge, you know, thing going on. And so the mules are going to have to stay focused and lock in. Otherwise, they could, you know, it could be a rough night for them. We'll see. Looking at games that were already played, Bellhaven had a good night uh, last night. Uh, Ferrum, sure I did. believe. Uh, did Ferrum beat uh, Virginia Wise? I didn't see the final no, score on that no, one. No, the, the final score on that one was something like uh, 30 eight to, to nine and the, the black hats had a rough night. I mean, Virginia wise is a, a, a pretty solid division two school. And um, the Wilmington South Virginia game was crazy that I think the Quakers set or tied a um, touchdown uh, passing record with six TDs. So they're off to a good start. They might be a, a team to keep an eye on in the OAC. More on those games and crutch time on our uh, first game or first uh, show on Facebook of next week. So you'll want to stay week, tuned right. for that. Yep. 
Uh, Anderson Trine also game played, and Trine was pretty, uh, I think, prolific on the scoreboard, at least, in their win. Uh, we have a, a disagreement here on the game of the week to watch, even though we have a small mm-hmm. uh, sample to look at here. Uh, I yeah. have Hampton-Sydney versus Wabash, which is Wabash's first game before the North Central game. I'm curious to see how this plays out. looking, man. Yeah, exactly. And Hampton-Sydney is no pushover. We know that. Uh, you have Rose Holman versus DePaul. So we have NCAC-centric uh, picks, but you have DePaul, Rose Holman. Again, I can't hate on that pick by you, but I'll let you speak for yourself on why that. Well, I mean, ultimately, it's a it's a first-round playoff rematch from last year, which was a five-point game. I think DePaul won 26-21, so it was very competitive, both nationally, you know, competitive teams at the top of their conference. Although now that I'm looking at this list, I kind of, I think we might've slept a little bit on Franklin versus Olivet. Uh, you, you like Franklin um, in our uh, region four preview show. So, you know, it could be interesting, um, you know, how, how it goes there. Another game to keep an eye on is, is center versus Hanover. I mean, that's another great crossover. And, you know, I, I know Frank, you were kind of communicating with someone from, from, uh, from center recently. You want to give him a shout out? Trenton Duper, uh, their quarterback, who is intending to come back this year. He's going to put that off until next year as he's about to go through his fourth treatment for cancer that's hit him. We are going to hopefully have him on the show in the next few weeks. We, we He was all willing to come on. I'm like, listen, take it easy. Get your focus on where it belongs in terms of beating this. And we want uh, his story, his journey to become something uh, that you can all hear about because he's not the only one out there getting hit by cancer way too young uh, in life. And uh, he's going to beat this, folks. I, I'm pretty confident. And uh, he appreciates all of the support. He's, he's just overwhelmed by the support he's received in Division Three uh, for what he is facing. So, Trenton, keep up that fight. We will have you on the show soon so you can tell us about the journey and the victory that hopefully is just around the corner for you. Just keep fighting. Having said that, God, I get emotional on this show sometimes. I hate this. Um, Not on week one. (laughs) Come on. We can't do this in week one. Let's go to region five. Uh, Illinois College, uh, have they uh, finished doing pick six uh, dances yet? That was crazy. The Blue Boys had three pick sixes for... 167 interception return yards. At one point, they their offense only had nine total yards, but they were up like 17 or 24 to six over Lakeland because they just kept, you know, picking off the quarterback and running it, running it back. It was kind of a crazy, crazy night for them. But um, you know, hey, it was a it was a win, and and they started off one and zero. And you can see once again not a ton of action in in the in Region Five, but there are some some interesting games. Looks like you um, you like St. Olaf versus Central, um, who ha- who obviously doesn't have Blaine Hawkins. Finally getting that. It only took a year for me to get that name right. I kind of like River Falls versus Elmhurst. Elmhurst is a kind of up-and-coming team. River Falls finished third in the WIAC or WIAC, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, they were the Isthmus Bowl champs. You know, can they keep that momentum going and uh, maybe make some, some more noise? We'll see. 
you know, it, just to explain myself here, you've got a MIAC team, or now, oh boy, here we go. We have a MIAC team. Yeah, MIAC and WEAC. We'll try to keep that consistent, I guess, this year. Uh, we have a MIAC team that is uh, going to be in probably mid-packer at the worst uh, in terms of St. Olaf this season. We have a central team that we don't know enough about now that they've had their graduations. And so I, I actually think this could be a really good game uh, for especially a week one game as they kind of feel each other out. Uh, in this one. So, you know, it, it may not have playoff implications. I think both these teams would probably need to win their conference outright to uh, get into the playoffs, but it could have just general momentum implications. And that's the other thing you look at in these early season games, especially the really good games. Uh, you know, you're going to learn a lot about yourself when you play a, a decent team, but you're also going to have a momentum play where you've got to if you lose it, get out of that mentality by the second day uh, you know, after the game because you've got a week two game that's probably not much uh, worse in terms of opponent that you're going to be facing. If you win it, you can't look past the fact that you've got another big opponent coming up too. So momentum's nice and it gives you a certain uh, validation, but it can play out both ways here when you've got these types of games. But we like seeing these types of games, no doubt, uh, when we get this inter-region matchup or inter-conference uh, matchup uh, scenario that we're seeing. This is inter-region, uh, the one I was just pointing out, because uh, St. Olaf and company are in uh, Region 6 uh, with the MIAC. Uh, here we are in Region 6. And by the way, when we uh, look at regions here, we are using the home team to base the region uh, that we place That's the right. games in. So uh, we should have set that up toward the front there. Uh, I have uh, East Texas Baptist versus Oshkosh in a game that I think is going to be pretty interesting in a lot of ways. Uh, two different styles, I feel like. Uh, I feel like Oshkosh has the defense that's going to clamp down the score in this game, but at the same time, East Texas Baptist uh, you know, is going to try to fun and gun it, I think, a little bit in this game. We'll see what happens with it. You have the obvious uh, game here, Whitewater versus St. John's. Uh, I don't think we need to explain much about that. Also, though, Thursday games that have been played, Platteville versus Michigan Tech went to? Uh, went to the, went to the. I think they're like the Wolves or the Wolverines. Michigan Tech won 23-13. to 13. You know, for, for Platteville, though, they should take, you know, some positives from the game. I mean, Michigan Tech is sort of on the outskirts of the top 25 for D2, so they're a solid team. You know, they had their flashes. They, they, did pretty well defensively for stretches of the game. So I think, you know, certain things positive to take away for the Pios. The second game, though, Frank, Concordia versus Valley City State was absolutely nuts. Um, Ten personal foul flags on the Vikings. And, you know, I really have to credit the Cobbers. And I think it comes down to coaching and just the mentality of the players. They did not fight. You know, they, they, they kept their composure and – they kept chipping away. They won the game 14-12. to 12. They scored a touchdown late in the, in the fourth quarter and had to basically, I think, either half block or just get a little lucky on a missed field goal. Um, you know, it was interesting. The the, the Valley City uh, announcing crew was kind of hoping that when there was a, a, per, a flag on, on the two-point play, they were assuming that they would get to redo the down. That's not how football works, folks. <laughs> it gets assessed on the kickoff. So they were like, oh, we get another chance to tie the game. Like, no, you don't, guys. Like, learn the rule book. So anyway, um, a very entertaining game, a nice nightcap for um, a solid seven-game slate 
of uh, D3 games, and then there's some more tonight, and then a ton on Saturday. Uh, there's a huge, huge event. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, some might view it as a game, but I, I do want to call it to folks' attention. Uh, you know, uh, tonight in the uh, entire D3 sphere that we live in and everything, uh, there is an elite event going on. Uh, not just Hobart hosting Alfred. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, we've got to we got to do something here uh, to you know uh, roll, to zoom in on things oh here. Uh, g- give me a second here. Please, yeah. please don't. <laughs> yeah, look at that guy. He looks pretty. He looks pretty rocking for an uh, older guy, I guess. JB, t- tell us about this. Should have photoshopped this a little more, take a couple of wrinkles and pounds off. But yeah, uh, this, my band is performing yeah, around here tonight. Should be fun. Um, Going to be covering a lot of 90s and 2000s alternative rock hits. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we actually did some band photos and, and that's what we got here. Trying to look cool uh, at my age, but eh, it's kind of pulling it off, Frank. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, hold hold on a second. I I know you look larger than life there, but uh, was was this because you told Coach Milne that I had a big head? You know, as far as like my ego goes, or um, he, he he was nice enough to say I have some brains in here. Although my my wife Jen might kind of question that statement. Same thing with the kids, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna leave it at that. Um, <laughs> good luck tonight, JB. Good luck. Uh, rock on, buddy. I'll do my best. Well, if you look at the screen now, you see a little uh, preview of what we're up to now. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Yep. Would you like a little music to go with it? Do you want to remind everybody what happened with this last year? No, I'll allow you while I eat my donut right now. uh, (laughs) If you're going to make me eat crow in the process of this. You know, actually, you know, I will. I have to give us a little bit of credit, though, Frank. I mean, we we were right about 72, 73% of the time, which, you know, I think that's pretty good for the most part um, when you're looking at however many, you know, I think we picked around between like 150 games over the course of the entire season um, and only finished uh, three points apart. I edged out at the very end there, or basically, I think more or less hung on for dear life. Because uh, you you got hot there um, down the stretch, but it was really fun, and it was maybe we'll see if we can do uh, a similar thing this year. Maybe I mean I still have the crown. I just gotta you know we'll see if Frank can can, can catch me. Uh, isn't it a belt? Don't we have belts for this thing? Yeah, we should have a belt or something for this thing. I don't know. What have we got? Do I have anything in here? Uh, can't tell. <laughs> We helmet. I've got I've got the preferred helmet. <laughs> That's what I've got for you. Okay. Helmet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, here's how it works. We're going to uh, speed through 14 games right now in week one in 12 minutes. This is going to be the toughest week to pick because we have no data to really go off of for some of these, um, and this is yep. just on whims. Uh, so uh, the toughest part of all this, folks, before I start this clock, is realistically the question of who's back for certain teams. Uh, because we don't know of all the fifth-year seniors. Uh, we, we have ideas from some of the stuff we've seen, but not all of them. And so it, it's, it's a tough one to uh, pick some of these games. We think we've adjusted decently to that question, but we'll find out the hard way coming up. Yep. Okay, got to get my uh, voice ready. Here we go. Do you want to yep. go first or second to start? I will give you the honor of choosing. 
Uh, I think um, given I'm the reigning champ, I'll, I'll be kind and I'll let you – I'll defer the kickoff to you. So you can either elect to receive or, or kick off, I guess. I believe I should go first. How's that? <laughs> Don't get too into this. Clock starts now or after I announce the first game, which is on the screen. Region 1, Rowan from the Anjaka, Widener in the MAC. Uh, my view here is that Rowan is going to be an improved team this season, but I think Widener is the class here of the two teams in terms of uh, the class on the field to start the season. And so I'm going to give Widener a, sl a slim edge in this one, a score of 30 to 24. Go ahead. Rowan was picked uh, to finish second in the NJAC. They do have a lot of guys back, like quarterback Mike Husney, who's been around for a while. I'm going to go with the profs. I think they really need to turn their program around. A little bit of pressure on Coach Corsi, maybe, who's sporting a pretty sweet beard. If you haven't seen it, take a look. I'll go with the profs. Maybe a high-scoring game, 38 to 35. Now, this year we've used better technology. I'm just going to basically click something, and the next game shows up now. This is unheard of for In the Huddle to have technology that actually works Amazing. well. Amazing. Westminster in the pack against Delaware Valley in the MAC. Hit it. I mean, DVU is a nationally ranked team. They, they'll be favored. Westminster, though, picked to win the pack. I still feel, though, the defense with the Nobile Brothers and company will be just enough to hang on here. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but the Aggies win 14-10. to 10. Is it DBU or DBC? We've always had this uh, dispute, and now it's I'm looking at now. it. Yeah, it's they're all doing it. They're all doing it. Yeah, Utica, all of them. Anyway, uh, it's going to be uh, Delaware Valley. Uh, Ian Barr Company, I, I applaud again for the second straight year playing a very tough first week game. Uh, last year's Mount Union. Uh, Cole Konechka is back too, obviously. It, it's going to be a good game, though. I wish I could be at this one uh, just as much as uh, the one I'm going to be attending tomorrow. Uh, Delaware Valley wins this 34-21 going away, though. Next game up is still Region 1. FDU Florham from the MAC at Merchant Marine Academy. A battle of two new head coaches. And Jameson Crow will get his dub in this game. Uh, Merchant Marine will find a way to just throw off things against Florham, uh, or FDU Florham, excuse me, by a score of 24-17. Yeah, I mean, even though there's no Choup and, uh, you know, we'll miss him, I think the Mariners just have a little too much talent coming back. You know, Jaden Daly will be in the booth with his picture of Mikey. Mikey will be looking down, rooting for the Mariners. I think the triple option runs away with this one, 35-17. The penalty of going second at the start is having to pick this one first. Region 2, Whitworth at Carnegie Mellon at Northwest Conference versus Pack. Go ahead. I mean, last year, the uh, Tartans went on the road across country and lost by a field goal. Their defense and their offense wasn't quite together as, co as um, Ben Mills, the quarter, junior quarterback, told us in our preseason interview. I like the Tartans here at home in Pittsburgh um, to, to win it. This time with a little more distance, say 31 to 21. Now with auto looping of the William Tell Overture on this show, too. I mean, we are just hitting it. High right. tech is 
No kidding. Uh, this high tech uh, will also tell us that Carnegie Mellon uh, has a chip on their shoulder. We had the interview. Uh, Ryan Larson and company are ready for this game. And being the host, I think uh, you know a cross country trip is ne- never easy. So I'm going to give this edge to Carnegie Mellon by the final score of 20, 28 to uh, 24. So a close game, I still think there. Okay. Uh, Johns Hopkins in uh, Centennial at Case Western uh, in the pack. Uh, Ryan Stevenson company showed us something in that first round playoff game against Salisbury, and why not continue that pace? Case Western had an off year last year by all estimations. I give this one to Hopkins by the final score of 31. 20. Yeah, I mean, as much as I think Case is going to be a dark horse in the pack race this year, Hopkins has just got too much firepower. I mean, they'll probably score 50 points in every game. That said, I think Case will also score a lot of touchdowns potentially too. I'm going to take um, Hop to win this game like 55 to 40. Keep going. Alfred at Hobart. (laughs) Sorry, I had to start this one too. Hobart. I, I like the Statesman at home. They haven't lost a game at the Boz in over two years. Alfred is still a young team. They've got some talent, and I think they'll be competitive in the Empire 8, but too much Hobart on a Friday night in front of a big crowd. I think the Statesman win it, say, 31-10. to 10. Yeah, I don't hate that one. Uh, I think Hobart does have uh, a little bit more coming back uh, with good experience, and that's going to uh, loom large in this game. I think they're actually going to score some points. Uh, Cruson and company want to prove that they can master that scoreboard early in the season. 37 Hobart, Alfred. Uh, 20. Next one up is going to be a Region 3 game. Oh, look at that. Muhlenberg at Mary Harden Baylor Centennial in American Southwest. Listen, if if Muhlenberg wins, we'll go live with a post-game show uh, because it will be an upset and a huge upset. Even though it's That's number 11 true. versus number 1 technically here, uh, realistically, the distance between number 11 and number 1 in people's minds is gigantic. Uh, and any time you get into the top four, top five, that's that's a huge leap in terms of experience and depth, and that that's the issue here. I think the depth issue is where uh, Muhlenberg is going to have problems before halftime, maybe even. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor wins this game, thirty-seven uh, fourteen. Yeah, I, I don't hate that either. I mean, there's just too much coming back for the defending champions, and I, and and without knowing the status of Muhlenberg's quarterback, it's hard to you know give them much of a chance. But I think Coach Millen will have a good game plan. They'll hang around, but ultimately Kyle King and company just too much. KJ Miller is going to have a big game. I'll take the Crusaders, forty-five twenty-one. D3 footballs, uh, Greg Thomas has a lot to say about this one. I don't understand it, to be honest with you. I love Greg to death. But Linfield from Northwest Conference visiting Huntington in the USA South. Uh, Go ahead. You start, but go ahead. I mean, you know, Huntington gave, I think it was – you know, Oshkosh or one of the the WIAC teams a pretty good run for their money last season. And so, you know, they're a playoff caliber program, but – Linfield has traditionally always been a top 15 program. I mean, I think I just think the Cats are going to win this one. Um, a little bit of a dogfight in the first half, but we'll eventually pull away. We don't know about their new quarterback. So maybe it'll be closer than I think. So, But I'll still go with Linfield 28 to 24. 
Linfield's not a stranger to cross-country trips. They went to Rowan a few years back, don't forget, and uh, held themselves yeah. together pretty well there. I think they're going to do just fine uh, down in the south. And I will give Linfield the edge in this one by the score of 37 to 17. I, I really think this is going to be a okay. route for some reason. Hampton-Sydney at Wabash, we talked about a little, a little bit earlier. This was one of my t- uh, games to watch. I'm going to say that Hampton Sydney pulls the win out here. Believe it or not. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I see you diligently writing. You're crossing out what you thought it might I'm say. Keep, I'm keeping point. track of this stuff, so I, we, you know, I'm, I'm the statistician in this pair here. You know. I think the looking past issue is something real here a little bit uh, for Wabash, and so I'm going to give Hampton Sydney the Tigers the uh, slight edge in this game by a close 21-20 final score. All right. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with 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 the Little Giants. I just feel like you know they they were picked pretty high in the in NCAC. They're going to have some pretty high expectations. Hamden Sydney, so so season last year. I think it's going to be a close game, but Wabash will hang on and win it, say thirty one to twenty four. You talk while I fix the pause name on this for some reason. I got editor in wrong. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Coach, well, I remember last season uh, before 2021, Coach Cat uh, told us that DePaul was bringing back a ton of seniors and fifth years. Those guys are probably gone now. Close game against Rose Holman in the playoff last year. I'm going to go with uh, the Engineers in, in a low scoring, maybe like kind of run slugfest type of game, 24 uh, 21. DePaul, I believe in you. DePaul's going to win this game. Final score, 30-24. St. Olaf at Central. I still think Central's going to have enough uh, gas in the tank in this one, despite the loss of Blaine Hawkins. Don't call me Haskins. Um, But, (laughs) sorry, you had to do it. Uh, You're wearing the uh, Central color, by the way, uh, so maybe this is uh, an ominous uh, approach by me. But uh, Central wins... Um, 25-18 in a weird scoring game. How's that? Yeah, throw a safety in there, maybe a you know two-point interception return after a PAT. You know, safety dance. All right, let's go. We got two minutes, two and a half minutes. We got three games. You got to pick gotta, the game. This is actually the best. You've got to pick the game. <laughs> oh, Central wins. Let's go. Next one. What's the score? While well, I get it, uh, thirty-four to twenty. River Falls at Elmhurst, hit it. Uh, yeah, I'm going with uh, UWRF in this one. Even though they're the road team, I feel like their program's on the way up. Elmhurst is, is strong, too. CCIW is no joke of a conference. But I feel like the third, if you were the third-place team in the Y or WEAC last season, you'd probably be favored. So I'll take I think the River Hawks, I think they're called. Um, this will be a, a pretty exciting one back and forth, but ultimately like a 45 to 35 type of game. Went long there, so I'm just going to say River Falls is the class act of this game. Yeah, it's going to be 31-20 in favor of River Falls. ETBU at Oshkosh. I'm a believer in Oshkosh right now. Uh, Peter Jennings and company, uh, we saw. Uh, it's it's going to be a team that's going to be gel really well this season. I'm looking forward to see what they can do, especially in that Whitewater game on that Friday night in the future that Peter Jennings is thrilled about. Um, anyway, uh, Oshkosh wins low-scoring game, uh, 2010. 
since the weather's still good up in Wisconsin, I think it's actually going to be a higher scoring game, but I still like the Titans to, to win it like 34 or 20. Under a minute with one game to go. And we, we need a full minute for this one. Whitewater at St. John's. This is interesting. This is tough, and this has implications. Like I said, both teams can still make the playoffs with a loss here easily, but it will have implications on who might be a host or number one seed later on in the season when the playoffs do form. JB. Yeah, I, I like Whitewater, and I might be the only person in, that covers D3 football that thinks St. John's might be headed for a slightly down year by their standards. So I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be pounding the rock, and I think the Warhawks are going to win in a lower-scoring uh, type of affair, but like 31 to 21. Well, that's, is that low-scoring? Not really. Okay, maybe say 28 to 27. <laughs> Max Myler being gone, I think, affects this game. I think St. John's may have a little bit of uh, oomph here to actually win this game at home. I think that's where I'm going to go with this whole thing. Because they're at home, St. John's wins this game. Number five beats number four by the final score of 24-23 in a barn burner. And that was... Our, our lightning predictions, I may be starting off uh, like a 3-11 type of uh, start at this pace, for all we know. Well, let's, let's, just, say, let's just say, though, I mean, I'm looking down at the, at the list. We, we agreed on math, uh, 10 of the 14 games, so we're, we're off by 4. So that's, gonna, that's typically how this works. Is, you know, someone gets a little you know, hit here and there, and, and that's how this goes. But yeah, we agreed on uh, Del Val, Merchant Marine, Carnegie Mellon, Hopkins, Hobart, Mary Hurd and Baylor, Linfield, Central, River Falls, Oshkosh, and then differed on the route Rowan Widener, Wabash, Harden, uh, Hanton City, uh, Rose Holman, DePaul, and then Whitewater, St. John's. So we'll see Did what you happens. You picked you picked Rowan. Yeah. I'm going back now. I didn't catch that because I was worrying about tech over here. I was talking about. I was talking about. I know you were. I didn't didn't know you actually picked them. I'm a little shocked by that, to be honest with you, because you've been riding the Widener wave a lot more than I have been over the last uh, however long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my my buddy Juan Sanchez, who's a Rowan grad, who does his little Rowan you know spring preview uh, write up. You know, I I think I I might be on the prof train, and then the fact they got picked second in the NJAC. By the coaches, it says something to me. I think they they might be stronger than we than we realize. We'll see. Uh, see, we have some fans that are already retweeting and liking our show here uh, this uh, Friday show. For folks that didn't get to watch it live, make sure you let them know we are out there. Even though uh, my camera is a little out of sync with my voice uh, in this show today, uh, we will get that fixed for the future. I, I know how to resolve that one. But uh, JB. Uh, last thoughts, I always give you the start and the finish because people want to hear from you, not from me. Uh, you, no. Let's say you have you have uh, a concert tonight, uh, so we, I know where you'll be tonight. Tomorrow, though, you've got viewing options. You can only get one or two games on your screen at a time. What are those games going to be tomorrow? Let the folks know what they should be watching for. Well, I mean, if you're if you really want to get the full national experience, you should probably um, you know you're going to be starting off in in, um, in you know in the in the the old East region, region ones and two. There's going to be a bunch of noon kickoffs. Uh, probably the first game you want to tune into is probably Westminster Del Val. See how that goes. Um, you know, there's a few other interesting ones out there. Right, uh, uh, Rowan Widener kicks off at one. Um, 
Framingham against Brockport. It's also at noon. And then there's, a, you know, it's kind of a nice stagger uh, in region one and two. But then once you start getting to region three, we have some of the 2 p.m. kickoffs. Uh, Kalu versus Southwestern is kind of an interesting one. That's also um, the Austin versus Hendricks could be one to check out. And while you're waiting uh, to tune into Muhlenberg and, and Mary Hardin Baylor or Linfield uh, Huntington, you can also check out uh, North Carolina Wesleyan and Randolph Macon at six. Although there is something going on that we're going to pull off that you may want to tune in for. Um, all the Region Four games are, are one o'clock kickoffs or one thirty, and then the Region Fives are, are two p.m. Eastern kickoffs. And then you basically once you get into Region Six, pretty much all the games are two p.m. or later. Uh, we have a couple of um, Skyac uh, NW, NWC crossovers that start at three. Dakota State, which is an FCS school, is going to play Wisconsin Lacrosse at five Eastern. And then for you real diehards, we have the uh, the Red Eye 10 p.m. Uh, West Coast games: George Fox versus Redlands, Pacific versus Chapman. So you can literally start at noon tomorrow and watch D3 football until about one in the morning if you really want to. <laughs> I wish I had the opportunity to see that Cal Lutheran Southwestern game uh, in person, but they didn't offset it by enough for me to be able to watch both that and right up the street, yeah. the uh, Mary Hart and Baylor game, essentially. So uh, disappointed I get to miss uh, that, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see what else I can concoct when I'm down in Texas. Uh, let's see how my flight goes tomorrow to start things off. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And uh, tonight I might be uh, tweeting from somewhere from a game tonight. We'll see what happens, folks. You'll want to... Kind of keep your eye on that. I know JB will be half playing guitar, half retweeting uh, stuff from me uh, tonight. Not until about nine. Not until about eight thirty, nine o'clock. So, and I get little breaks in between. So, I'll be de- definitely keeping track of games tonight. And uh, let's talk a little more about tomorrow, though, because we're you know we're, we've for the last few years we've always had this you know game day live. I mean, you'll be in person. I'll be you know virtual here in Florida. But what time are we uh, getting going? And what tell us uh, tell us what we can expect for. From Belton, other than barbecue, six p.m. Eastern, five p.m. Central Time. Uh, we're going to uh, just go live, talk about the games that were already played on Saturday, talk about implications of the game that we're going to see, and uh, maybe have some special guests along the way. It is a celebration of their national championship uh, tomorrow night in Belton uh, for Mary Harden Baylor. So there's going to be, uh, I think, a lot of dignitaries uh, all around. And you never know who we might be able to drag over to our set to have a little discussion and uh, some good banter uh, with uh, down there. Hey, and if you're from Muhlenberg and you want to come say hi, if you're making that trip uh, in any way, shape, or form, we'll be happy to have you on as well. So just uh, reach out to us, let us know. Go ahead. I hope you. I hope you do have some Muhlenberg people pop over because I. I still feel like. I mean, we've been doing this for 15 seasons now. Um, there's been a lot, you know, we're on episode 335 or something. I don't even, I can't keep track anymore. But one of my like top five all-time moments was that touchdown that you caught on camera at an alliance when the, when the Muhlenberg receiver turned around, pointed the ball right in my face and was basically like, you know, shove it JB, like check this out, <laughs> check me out. That was bet. That was one of the best moments of this, of this show or, you know, the covering D3 football that I've ever had. It was great. And I hope maybe we'll see that again. Um, Saturday night. Can't wait to see the atmosphere. I know it's not going to be Hardin-Simmons-like atmosphere at the Cathedral, but that game won't be played at the Cathedral this year. It'll be at Hardin-Simmons later on this month. And so you're going to want to really 
uh, tune in and uh, see what this atmosphere is going to be like and whether or not they're starstruck in terms of Muhlenberg. Like you said, Brockport might have been when they came down for the semifinals a number of years ago. Until then, JB, let's go enjoy our Fridays uh, and some Friday night action in Division 3. And then we have a full menu on Saturday. Not just the barbecue I'm going to eat, but of some great action uh, throughout Division 3. Can't wait. We're back, folks. Season 15 for us here on In the Huddle. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you soon.